Welcome to Inspirational Journeys, Stories That Matter. This is a place where authors, creative artists, and entrepreneurs can share the story behind their process. You will also hear solo episodes where I give writing tips, inspiration, encouragement, and lessons I've learned throughout my writing journey, all inspired by the Holy Spirit. Grab a cup of your favorite beverage, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And don't forget to visit my website at annewritesinspiration.com. Thanks for supporting my Inspirational Journeys podcast. My purpose is to provide a platform for authors, creative artists, and entrepreneurs to share their stories while also providing writing tips, encouragement, and inspiration to help you achieve your writing goals through faith and courage. By clicking the support this podcast button or following the link in my show notes, your monthly contribution of 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99 will help me achieve mine. Welcome to Inspirational Journeys, everyone. My name is Ann Harrison Barnes, and before we get started with today's interview, I would like to send another special shout out to Karen Steele for connecting me with my special guest. And today's guest is Bethany Turner, author of Hadley Beckett's Next Dish, which is her latest book, and a couple of other books, too, which we'll talk about in a minute. Welcome to the show, Bethany. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am um, a wife of a radio guy. I am um, the proud mother of two teenage boys. Um, we live here in Southwest Colorado. Um, in the, we're actually in a valley, even though we're at um, over 6,000 feet. So um, the high valley, but um, beautiful, surrounded by much higher mountains than where we are. Um, but I'm originally from Kentucky, grew up there until I met the hubby and he's a Colorado boy through and through. So here we are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit of a, bit of a um, culture shock, leaving the yeah. bluegrass of Kentucky to come to the mountains of Colorado, but I love it. Um, yeah, and my um, the day job, I guess you would say, is I'm on um, full-time staff of a church um, as part of um, the leadership team there. And um, yeah, and when I, when I have time to just really put my heart into something, quite often it's writing these silly and yet hopefully, um, you know, with a message kind of romantic comedies that I love so much. I love, I love telling stories. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell, I think. <laughs> wow. So what inspired you to become a writer? You know, I, I wish I had um, a good answer to that. And it's one of those things where, honestly, I, I can't look at any sort of point of, you know, you hear a lot of people say it was the first time I read this book, or it was the first time I heard someone say this, or or I'd always been writing or whatever the case. And that really wasn't it for me. Um, but at the same time, there was a period of my life where I just needed something. I was, I used to be, um, I was vice president of a bank and we went through a couple of major um, mergers. And um, I, that was kind of my part of my job to kind of oversee a lot of the operations of all of that. It was just an incredibly stressful time. 
and during that time, I just needed stress relief. And I, I'd never really been um, much of a writer. I guess I knew I was okay with words. You know, it's like if someone needed a memo written, they'd come to me and, you know, help me. I'd help them word it out or whatever. But I wasn't, I wasn't a writer of story, really. Um, but then during that time, I just needed an outlet. And for whatever reason, um, one night after everyone had gone to bed, I, I decided to just write some thoughts. And that was about, I guess, about seven or eight years ago. And I guess I just haven't stopped. <laughs> <laughs> it's a God thing. Definitely. Yep. I understand. Believe you me. Uh, my own <laughs> writing story, but <laughs> I had to save that for later. But anyway, so, um, and you've written two other books prior to Hadley Beckett. Can you kind of give us a little overview about those? Sure. Um, the first one is called The Secret Life of Sarah Hollenbeck, and it's the story of a woman who's very well known, very well known for writing very steamy romances. Um, and um, she's, you know, that's the life that she's living. She's recently divorced. She doesn't really know what her purpose in life is. Um, but then through her best friend, her new best friend that she meets in a book club, um, you know, her friend Piper introduces her to, to the Lord. And suddenly she's living a life that she's no longer okay with. And yet she has, she has no idea where to begin on, on creating this new life. Um, that honors God. So um, that's Sarah Hollenbeck. And then um, the one after that was called Wooing Katie McCaffrey. And that's the story of Katie McCaffrey and Will Whitaker, who have been a couple for four years, um, long-term, you know, uh, definitely in-game sort of couple, um, but they've never quite taken the leap to that commitment to forever. And um, a series of events lead to their breakup and um, the kind of the struggle that goes on through that. But then the story really of, um, of Will trying to win Katie back. And the only way he knows to do that, he thinks what she wants is to be wooed like, like the romantic comedies that she loves so much. So he basically recruits his, his jock sports network friends that they work at a sports network and um, recruits them to, um, help him replicate all these gestures from movies that Katie loves and, and in the process figuring out, you know, is that really what she wants or, or not? So, um, yeah, so they're all, all of those and leading into Hadley Beckett, which is about two chefs um, that get off on the very wrong foot, very wrong foot and have to work <laughs> <Yeah>. together. <laughs> um, but there, there are all these romantic comedies um, but with with some pretty serious messages at their core. Mm-hmm. But there is one caveat to have Hadley Beckett that I want to bring to your attention. And if you agree with me or disagree, just let me know. Okay. Y'all don't read this book on an empty stomach. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> I'm telling you, you will wish you hadn't. Because <laughs> it I made me hungry. Completely. Yeah, it's it was. I think I snacked through every moment of writing that book because. And, it, and the thing is, and I've talked about this before, and I always feel silly saying it, but I don't cook. I mean, I'm, I can pull together a few basic meals for my family, but I am not a cook. I'm not a chef. I'm, I'm not a baker. I'm none of those things. Um, but in the course of this, so not only am I writing this book 
um, where food is such an integral part, not only just because it is their occupation, but both Hadley and Max, these chef characters, um, it matters to them for a reason that, you know, goes back to their um, differing upbringings and, and different things and, and food matters to them. And, and so it's such a key part um, of the story. And so having to do so much, not only writing those scenes, but doing the research um, to figure out how to write those scenes since I'm not a writer. So watching lots of Food Network, lots of watching lots of those things and yeah, I tell you, yeah, I was hungry the whole time. So sorry, readers. <laughs> Don't, yeah, have a meal and then start reading. <laughs> and be sure to snack while you read. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Oh my gosh. So what inspired this book? I'm curious. Well, you know, I, I really think it started with, I, I wanted a, um, you know, the enemies to lovers trope. Um, I'd never written that really. Um, you know, Sarah Hollenbeck, you know, is a relationship. Sarah and Ben um, just meet each other and it's kind of love at first sight. And then um, Will and Katie are kind of a second chance love. So I, I, I don't like doing the same thing, you know, so it was, hey, it's time to write an enemies to lovers book. And um, so when I started thinking about that, and it's, and the other thing that I really felt pretty early on was, um, I just absolutely love writing about um, the entertainment industry. You know, Sarah Hollenbeck's a, a famous writer. Um, Katie and Will work at a sports network. So it was like, I knew that there was gonna be some sort of thread. And so having Max and Hadley, not only as chefs, but as these celebrity chefs who are, you know, stars on, um, the Culinary Channel, as our fictional version is called, but very much a Food Network type thing. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, having that dynamic of, of they're not just amazing in the kitchen, they're famous for being amazing in the kitchen, but also their personalities. And so then, then having these completely stark different personalities of Max being this hot-headed heartthrob type um, who you know, is more, who's every bit as well known for his temper as he is his brilliance in the kitchen. And Hadley being this sweet and Southern, um, just makes her viewers feel like family and, and all of that. And, and I think it was, you know, it was like, okay, that, that basically wrote itself in my head from that point of, of having them clash, having them be so different. Um, so, you know, that was, that was really, I think the origins of it. And then from there, it was just um, having them not just be different. I mean, because I didn't just want opposites attract. That exists as well, but I, I wanted them to genuinely dislike each other and and really make it a complete arc that the reader had to go with these characters on um, in order to see how these two could ever, ever fall in love with each other. Because it seems like a long shot when you meet them. Yeah, and the manager kind of kind of setting one off <sighs> on the other and oh my gosh. That's yeah, a character indeed. you love to hate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not absolutely. to spoil anything, but he's a character you love to hate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's he's got some layers to him. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So tell me a little bit about your process. Do you plan or do you pants or kind of somewhere I, in between? I'm I'm um pretty much one hundred percent pantser. Um when I you know, in order to pitch a book, um, 
you have to have an idea. I start with like this book in particular was a one page blurb basically is what was approved. That's literally what I knew when I started writing was this one page blurb, which is basically the extent of what you can learn from the back cover copy. And um, so, yeah, from that point on, I have no idea what's going to happen. I really don't. I'm a, um, I think because, because I write in first person, which um, this book and Wu and Katie McCaffrey are both alternating point of view of the heroine's first person point of view and then the third person point of view of the hero. Yeah, and 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 because of because of the first person though, which first person is my favorite to write, and yeah, I mean, too. Really, really, yes. yeah, yeah. It's there's something so freeing about it. I think. Yeah, Be, yeah go on. Tell me, I want to know why you like it. <laughs> well, well, for one, okay. Um, for one, it helps me get more into the character's head, and I'm writing a Christian psychological thriller with supernatural visionary and metaphysical elements thrown in there so I was trying to write the thing and I was well let's just say I had a publishing snafu in it I'm not going to go into all the details because listeners have heard that before but I'll tell you after the recording but anyway I had a publishing snafu realized the book needed to be really edited and rewritten I'd self-published it turn around and figured out and, and rewrote and changed a lot of the story. And at four o'clock one morning, my character said, I need you to let me tell my story. Huh. That's when I knew that I would really get to know Becca better by, by putting it in a her in first person. Cause yeah. third person wasn't working for me. Yeah. Well, and I, I, even though I haven't had, you know, an experience just like what you were describing, which I do look forward to hearing the rest of that story. Oh, I'll tell um, you later, but I've told I look forward later. to it. <laughs> um, but I totally identify with what you're saying there. It's just, and, and when I first, you know, when I was talking about being in banking and starting to write, I started writing first person, but I didn't even know I was writing a book. It was, it was almost like I was journaling as a fictional, as this made up person. And that's, that was just fun and freeing and just a release and the imagination and, and, and talking in someone else's voice and all these things. And, and so that's when I really discovered I do love first person. And um, so I think by doing that too, going back to my process, it's, um, I'm hearing her, her voice rather than my own. And so I am waiting for her to tell me it's almost it's like this combination of she is in me but also i'm seeing her story playing out on the screen in front of me like a movie and like a movie exactly and so it's not <laughs> so much it's not so much writing um what i think should happen next it's oh well this is what would happen next with these people like they are real what she's telling me to write right <laughs> exactly exactly so it you know it's really um yeah, I just, I love it. And so, but, but it's also frustrating at times being such a pantser in that way, because um, for one thing, sometimes they stop talking to you. And I know that happens with blotters too. Um, I, I do a little both myself. Yeah, but, you do, yeah. Or they'll talk yeah. to you at the most inopportune times when oh. you can't write, but that, you know what I do? I take my phone, I email the little notes to myself to put in my questions and plot points to mm. consider. And I go from there and then I look at those to make sure I'm straight. So yeah. that, and I was a pantser myself first at first, and then I realized doing a little bit of plotting really helps 
you find out details about the story that you totally did not expect. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm, I'm discovering more and more that I am beginning to plot um, in my rewrites. Um, but I just can't do it on my first draft. I, I just, yet, it just hasn't worked for me. And not to say I won't, but I've just got to just see where it will go. And yeah. then once I start rewriting, it's like, okay, I really like this. I really like this. I really like this. So I can kind of set up these touchstones that I'm going to use as a guide. Um, so a little bit of plotting, but not a lot. Yeah. Just doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I do with like bare bones. And sometimes I'm inspired. Like when I start a new project, I will see it in a dream. It may not make sense mm. at first, but I will yeah. see bits and pieces in a dream that are like, okay, what is this telling me? And mm. I will have to go outside on my steps or on my mother's front porch or whatever. And I will have to do some brainstorming outside before I yeah. can see the whole thing. That's just me. Yeah. I love my wind chimes and I, you know, brainstorm like that or through music or whatever. So is there a certain particular place you like to write or are you all over the place or? I'm, I have a chair here in my office. I'm at, this room that I'm in is actually, um, oh, it's crazy. It's become my everything room because it is <laughs> my, it is, it is my bedroom and I've always had a little writing nook set up in the corner and then on the other corner, I have just a comfortable chair where I do a lot of, of writing. Um, more than a writing nook, it's more my work nook in the office area. But I've been working from home since, you know, the pandemic. And, mm. and so my day job is also here now. So anyway, um, it's, it's looking a little different right now. But, but in general, yeah, I just have this comfy chair in the corner of my room. And that's where most of it happens. Music is so key for me. I actually... I create a different playlist at the start of every new project. Um, and it's really, it's, it's, it's always music that my character would listen to, you know? You know it's funny you mention that because my, for another author friend of mine who I am very, and, and you guys know, I give her shout outs all the time. Jen Lowry from the Jen Lowry writes podcast. She was the one that inspired me to create playlists. I, I have Amazon music cause I have an echo dot. Well, I have mm -hmm. one in the bedroom, one in here. But, um, but she's the one that inspired me to create playlists for my books. Mm. And then these songs just start getting stuck. And I don't know if this happens for you, but for me, it, sometimes God will tell me what, or my characters or God or both will tell me something based on the song that's in my head. Absolutely. And it will not leave me alone until I figure out what it means. Absolutely. I've had that sort of thing for sure. And and, you know, and the other thing that it really does for me is by having this playlist that I create that's their music, I, you know, like Hadley Beckett, for instance, I, mm -hmm. she's a Nashville girl through and through. Of course, Hadley listens to country music. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I am not yeah. a country music fan personally. Um, so that was a little outside of my comfort zone of figuring out these songs and all this stuff. But once I did, and once I knew what Hadley's music was, and I listen to it every time I sit down to write. And it's funny, before long, when you hear the music, the story starts flowing. It's, it's really this um, mental aid, I guess you would say. You and I are so much alike. Really? We're writing different genres, but I'm telling you, because I'm the same way. It's like, once I get the music down, I have a theme song for my character. Yep. And I can read books and find their theme songs sometimes. But... Mm. And it's like, sometimes like with the song, 
I will play, if a song gets stuck in my head, even a part of the song, I will play that sucker for hours until I get through that creative process. Yeah. Because that song really pushes me forward. Yeah. It evokes, you know, for me, it's usually the emotions that are evoked by the, um, by the song more than anything else, because, you know, music makes us, music makes us feel one way or another, we feel, and, and it's like, I can count on, you know, there are times, you know, this, when, when you're writing, where it's just, you have to go to a little bit of a darker place, or you have to go to a sadder place, or you have, you are with your character in their agony, or in their, and it'll um, make you, and it, you will feel the emotions. And it's not yeah. just emotions. Sometimes the song evokes an image. That yes. And then it Very leads true. me to verses in the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where I come up with some of the image, the imagery that the, the it painted in words, of course, but the imagery, because I see the images in my head. And yeah. it's, it's, it's just so quirky how that works but it's it it works it works it works I I'm a believer and it's enough to the point of just you know it used to just kind of happen that way that I would just go oh I need some music to listen to and you know but more and more it is an intentional thing it's like on my first day of writing I pull together a playlist because I know I'm not going to get very far without the music and there and there's some and there's a question since you and I have very similar processes um do you, and it's sometimes it's, for me, it's just, it's not just music. Do you have like see something or hear something or you're drawn to an element in life? It could be something really simple, but it pulls you in and you don't know why you're inspired by it or why you're drawn to it. And then you realize it has something to do with your story. Hmm. Yeah, actually, I think I, I think I know what you're talking about. I'd love to hear, you sound like that. It's definitely happened to you. Uh, yeah, I was playing an Uno game online on a on a game client that I use, and I was draw drawn to the reds and the draw twos. Do not ask me why. I remember it was something about a card. It was another thing that I was writing that is going to have to go through a lot of changes. But for some reason, that red draw two had a note associated with it for the story, and it was like that was what I was drawn to. And I actually even talked about it in a solo episode for you guys, listen, you listeners. You need to go back and check that out because that's why I inspired people to, to not take all these little elements, these simple things for granted because sometimes just something little, it could be a mm. sound, it could be a game you're playing, it could be something somebody says. Like I heard umbrellas and chairs at Walmart one time. Stuff like random stuff like that mm. can interweave into your story. And it is Absolutely. so weird, but yet so awesome. Yes, yes, yes it is. It's there. I have a friend, um, one of my best friends, we used to always refer to those sorts of things as plot fairies. Um, just kind of our, you know, we'd be like, ah, plot fairies, because something would come along that it was suddenly like, oh my goodness, I can't even shut my brain off. Whatever this little trigger was, it was almost like there's these fairies in your head dancing around, suddenly giving me the story, which of course I don't believe it's truly fairies. I believe it's God more often than not. Um, but I, we would just put plot fairies um, because there's no explanation for it other than just, wow, there's something new here that wasn't there until I saw that image or I heard that sound or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I know. And some people call them, I guess some people, I've heard, I've heard of plot bunnies too, but that's for oh, oh. plot fairies. Plot fairies. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to remember that. So, um, do you have any advice for aspiring authors? Mm. You know, my biggest advice that I can, that I always think of, and I'm, I'm like, I hear these authors with these brilliant things to say of, I'm like, oh, that is actually amazing advice that I wish I had heard. And 
all of that. Mine, I can never come up with anything like that, but what always comes to mind, and I'm like, it is the truest thing I can say, and that is, don't try to be a writer that already exists. I, you know, I think there's so much, um, like so much about my story, even of, of how I started writing, how I got published, um, the journey that I've had, the stories that I write. It's like any of these factors, if you were to look at the, any of the sites of, you know, these are the ways, these are the best ways to get published. These are the ways to write a story. These are, none of my, none of my journey is on any of that. Um, Mm -hmm. But what I did is I came out with a unique voice that only I have, which we all have a unique voice in us that only we have. Sometimes we spend too much time trying to be someone else's voice and we don't discover our unique voice, but we've got one if we'll search for it. Um, But finding that voice and writing a story, truly, I like The Secret Life of Sarah Hollenbeck was just a story that entertained me. Um, It was a story I wanted to read and I wrote it. And, um, you know, so it's things like that, that really that's, you have, you have to be you because the world already has Colleen Coble and Denise Hunter and Rachel Houck and all these Charles Martin and they're all brilliant and amazing, but they're already there. Don't try to be them. Try to be you and figure out what that is. And, and yeah, it, it, it may not be the easier road to publication because sure, when things are um, taking off and, and big, it's like, okay, we want more writers like Charles Martin. Let's find everybody that's, that's great. And yeah, you may, you may be able to publish a book by trying to be like Charles Martin, but it's like ultimately when that style maybe isn't what publishers are looking for anymore, then what, you know? So I really think the only way to truly, to truly do this is to be you. Right. And find what works for you. And I've always given, I've given advice like that too, because I found that what works for me may not work for somebody else. Absolutely. Um, so do you, have you done NaNoWriMo before? I've tried. I've never been very successful at it. <laughs> well, you know what, for me, it's not, it, what, uh, winning is easy. If you can get there, if you don't get there, you, it, you're still a winner because you got words on the page. I'm doing the Camp right. NaNoWriMo session right now. And I find that doing, even whether I'm doing work, uh, NaNoWriMo or not, I find doing word, writing sprints, time to, you know, writing, and, and I don't know if you're familiar with word sprints. Yeah. Writing sprints. I don't know if that works for you, but it, it, I find that that's actually working for me. It's pushing me forward because if I don't, I'm like, eh, I don't want to do this. Yeah. No, that's, I, I wish that worked for me. And I keep trying to make it work for me. Um, it just hasn't yet so far. I, I don't know what it is, but I am so, I need a solid two to three hour block, no interruptions. And I mean, you know, like I said, husband, teenagers, day job, that's not always feasible. Um, but that's my ideal. Um, and when I really get stuff done with writing is just, I need to immerse myself in this world. I'm putting on the headphones, I'm listening to the music, I'm blocking out everything and I need time to get there, and then I'm off and running. So the sprint uh-huh. sort of thing has never worked for me, but I want it to. It would work so much better with my life. 
like you said, everybody's process is different. I mean, yeah, I absolutely. I can draft without sprints sometimes, but sometimes with these rewrites, especially pushing pushing forward with the sprints, a few minutes on, a few minutes off, a few minutes on, a few. I think see me get more yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, now the 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 secret life of Sarah. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah, Holland Beck. I couldn't remember. Did did you have her writing a story within that story? Because I haven't read that one, so I'm I'm curious. I I did. It it doesn't. <laughs> there's actually multiple layers. Um, the the she writes her the steamy romance. Obviously, none of that is ever on the page, but it is referenced. Um, but then once she meets the Lord, she really wants to. Um, write the type of romance that she would like to read. Um, and so that's kind of a, a lot of it. So she's not, there's not a lot of on the page story within a story, but it's a continual part of her development and her process and trying to figure out what does she have to offer to her readers um, who are expecting this one thing to from her um, and she's not going to give it to them anymore. And then there's these other readers, um, you know, who maybe would love a Christian romance that she could write, but they're already biased against her because of her past. So she's kind of torn within these stories, within a story, I guess you could say. Ah, uh, because I've read character, um, author, books who have, by authors who've had their characters write the story. I've read books mm. that, um, like Susanna Kearsley, for instance, she writes a story within, within a story, and I don't remember the name of the book, I'd have to go look it up. But I've seen that before, and I didn't know if you you had um, tried to do that or not. And I, I kind afraid. of, I kind of debated about that a little bit. And and there's a certain by the end of it of this of the book, she has decided that basically the love story that she wants to write is her love story, because um, she has fallen in love with a pastor. Um, ben Delaney is her pastor on her first Sunday at church, and um, so. There's a whole lot there, as you can imagine. But um, so there's always in the back of my mind, I've always looked at the book that readers have just read is the story that she ended up writing. But I never say that. And I certainly, it's like, you don't miss anything if you don't get that. But in my head, um, I've always kind of seen it that way. Yeah. Ah, okay, cool. So where can people find you online? I am C. Bethany Wright, S-E-E, -E, Bethany, W-R-I-T-E, um, pretty much everywhere. I'm cbethanywright.com. Um, on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, I'm C. Bethany Wright. Um, Facebook is definitely my, um, my biggest hangout, I guess you would say, um, but Facebook and Instagram, I love to connect with people mostly there. Mm. Okie doke. And um, before we close out, do you have any questions for me? Oh. Well, apart from wanting to hear more about that story once we get off the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apart from that. <laughs> I can't think of anything, but okay. I, I've loved everything I've gotten to learn about your experience and your, your, um, your writing process. And I just think, um, yeah, we do have a lot of similarities, it sounds like, you and yes, I. Yes, we do. So do you have a favorite verse you'd like to share? Oh. And I don't want to put um, you on the spot. It's just no, that's, that's okay. I, um, you know, it kind of, it varies. Um, like when I was, when I 
early in the writing process, my life verse, I guess you would say, was Ephesians 3.20 of now to him who is able to do more than, you know, infinitely more than I've ever dreamed or thought possible. I know I butchered that, but. Um, I saw that on but, your website. Yeah, that's, that's kind of been my life verse because every step of the way, um, God has just blown my mind with what he's up to. Um, and it's stuff, it's like, I think I have these big dreams and these big aspirations. And in the meantime, God's saying, um, when are you really going to start dreaming? You, you know, when are you, you going to challenge me? When are you going to challenge me? You think that's all I can do? Let me show you what I can do. And so that's, <laughs> that's just amazing. Um, but through Hadley Beckett, my, my other verse really became, um, oh goodness. And I don't remember where it is. And I'm sorry that I'm forgetting the passage, but it's, it's the come see, I am doing a new thing. Um, oh goodness. I cannot believe I've forgotten where that's found, but that to me was so powerful, um, of God, you know, just saying, look, we were, we've done this. Yes. And it worked. It worked. That is great. It's great that it worked. Um, quit worrying though about how to keep trying to make that work. I'm doing a new thing over here. And, and I very much felt that through this entire writing process as he challenged me in some ways with this story and with life that was happening all around during it. So, um, and even through launch, I mean, I, I launched on May 5th, you know, right in the middle yeah. of lockdown and, and all these different things. So having to do, it's like everything I counted on and everything I thought I could count on apart from God, who is absolutely still there, but pretty much everything else was God. And, um, and God just kept saying, come see, I'm doing a new thing. So, yeah. Yep. That's how it works. Um, so I was going to ask you something and I totally forgot. Anyway, <laughs> how, would you like to close us out in prayer? Oh, sure. I would be honored. Thank you. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this, um, this opportunity to get together and chat with Anne and, and, um, for getting to hear a little bit of her story and make a new friend on that. I'm just, I'm so grateful for the, the paths that, um, you cross that, um, just people we never would have met, um, but you intersect. And I'm just so grateful for that. And, and for anyone listening to this, Lord, I just want to pray special blessing upon them in this time in our world right now. Um, you know, it, there's so much, there's so much, but you, Lord, you're in charge of it all. Not only are you in charge, um, none of it has surprised you. And so I just pray that you continue to guide us. You continue to make your presence known. Thank you for the gift of books and writing and story and for the example that Jesus set for us so long ago in every way, but right down to the parables and the stories that he told. And um, just for the power of story, Lord, I'm so grateful for it. Um, thank you for this opportunity and just use us, uh, those of us who write, um, for you, Lord, just please use us, use us, help us to reach many more for the kingdom for you. We love you, Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. <clears throat> so we challenge you today to go out there and read to get inspiring, inspired, write something inspiring, and share your creation with the world. For when you've touched one life, you've touched a thousand. Thanks for watching and listening to Inspirational Journeys, where your story matters. Have a blessed day, everyone. Hey, authors, are you looking for a tool to help you polish your book manuscripts? essays, short stories, and more, look no further than ProWritingAid. ProWritingAid is an editing software that checks grammar, dialogue, sticky sentences, style, and more. Click the link in my show notes to save 20% off your ProWritingAid subscription purchase. Happy writing! Are you an author, creative artist, or entrepreneur creating innovative products and services to meet your customers' needs? If you've answered yes to any of these questions and would like me to help you promote your products and services on my podcast, I have an invitation for you. I am filling out my calendar for 2020 and would like to add some new guests to Inspirational Journeys. If you're interested in being interviewed by me, please Either email me with Inspirational Journeys in the subject line, message me on social media with your email address, or fill out the contact form on my website or at the bottom of my most recent blog posts with Inspirational Journeys in the message box. I look forward to hearing from you, and thanks for listening to Inspirational Journeys, and have a blessed day. So I challenge you today to go out there and read to get inspired, write something inspiring, and share your creation with the world. For when you've touched one life, you've touched a thousand. You have been listening to Inspirational Journeys with your host, Anne Harrison Barnes. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss a fabulous episode. If you are unable to financially support the podcast at this time, yet you would like to help, please leave a rating or review on your podcast app of choice because it helps others find inspirational journeys. If you would like to contact me and leave feedback about the show, have questions about something you've heard on the show, or leave suggestions for future shows, you may do so in one of the following ways. Please send an email to annwrites75 at gmail.com. That's annwrites75 at gmail.com. Or contact me via my website at annwritesinspiration.com. Follow me on Twitter at annwrites 75 and on Facebook and Pinterest at Anne Inspiration. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day.